It's time for This Week in WordPress, episode number 156, entitled It's All Going Wrong. It was recorded on Monday the 29th of March 2021. As always, I'm joined by my co-host Paul Lacey, and this week I'm also joined by Sabrina Zidane from Speedguard and Maya Lonkar from GoDaddy Pro. We talk about whether or not we will ever get back to live events and the fact that GoDaddy Pro have an event called Expand 2021 and WordCamp EU is coming back in June this year. We talk about a new podcast by yours truly over on WP Tavern. It's called Jukebox and the first episode is with the executive director of the WordPress project, Josepha Hoden-Chomposi. You can find out more about that. Extendify, the plugin has acquired Editor Plus. They've been doing a lot of hoovering up of WordPress products and people in the recent past, and they're trying to make it easier for you to interact with Gutenberg. Caldera Forms is going away. If you're a Ninja Forms lover, you won't be too disappointed, but see what Caldera Forms are doing to try and make that transition easier. Tenop have created a new plugin to make it easier to go from the old Classic Press install to Gutenberg. If you're using that, this might be of use. And Google's core web vitals. Sabrina gives us the expert lowdown on how it all works. It's all coming up next on This Week in WordPress. This Week in WordPress is brought to you by Cloudways. Cloudways is a managed cloud hosting platform that ensures simplicity, performance, and security. It offers cloud servers from five different cloud providers that you can manage through its intuitive platform. Some of the features include 24-7 support, free migrations, and dedicated firewalls. Check it out at cloudways.com. And by AB Split Test. Do you want to set up your AB Split Tests in record time, like in a couple of minutes? Use your existing pages and test anything against anything else. Buttons, images, headers, rows, anything. And the best part is it works with Elementor, Beaver Builder, and the WordPress Block Editor. You can check it out and get a free demo at absplittest.com. Oh. We've lost Sabrina. This is a it's a great start. Let's uh, let's add her back in. Hello, Sabrina again. Um, hello. That was an unexpected start. You are watching. If you are in fact watching this live, you're watching WP Builds this week in WordPress. As always, each week we're going to natter on about the WordPress news that's happened during the last seven days or so. I'm always joined by Paul Lacey, and he can introduce himself uh, in just a second, and then he's going to introduce our two guests today. So over to you, Paul. Well, technically, I'm not always there because I wasn't here last week. I know. It was a but disaster last week without you. I really I I didn't heard, feel the same. I heard I was like, the, ratings, the ratings bombed. It was just a nightmare. Yeah, we can, we can like, start rebuilding now, though. So It was like I had a missing see. leg or something. Yeah, I can see Cameron. Thank you, Cameron. Yeah, I've got my priorities sorted this week. I am. I'm here this week. So yeah, thank you, Nathan. I'm looking forward to today. We've got a lot of articles, lots of community stuff about some events and those sort of things, some stuff about plugins, and not too much about Gutenberg and nothing about full site editing this week. So if anyone's bored of listening to us talking about that, 
don't worry, we're not talking about Foresight Editing this week. But we've got two guests. We've got Sabrina Zidane, who is the founder at SpeedGuard. And Sabrina is fond of performance optimization, scaling WordPress, building WordPress multi-site projects, and swimming. And she specializes in speeding up WordPress sites without affecting the looks and functionalities and also loves to talk and write about all things related to site speed. And also for the first time this week, we've got Maya Lonkar from GoDaddy. And Maya is a marketer, entrepreneur and world traveler, mostly spending time on developing business concepts and meeting and interviewing creative and innovative WordPress people. And she's also the EMEA field marketing manager for GoDaddy Pro. That was well done, Paul. You're getting really good at this. You know, very professional. I just, I just read it. I just yeah. read it. Yeah. We, I have to say that your um, your background is looking exceedingly good this week. Paul's got himself a whole mm. bunch of new equipment. In fact, I even ventured to say that's an entirely new wall. It's a new wall. Yeah. yeah. It's a temporary one because I'm not. The reason I wasn't here last week, I'd moved house, and I'm in the new house now, but I'm still not in my new office yet. So I just found a wall and put the lighting there and uh, it looks great the foreground looks terrible there's boxes everywhere but the background looks cool so we're nobody minds nobody minds no. anyway absolute pleasure to have you on for the first time uh, maya thank you for joining us and uh, uh sabrina who's returning after i think she's probably been on half a dozen times or more it's very very nice to have you on the show as well Thanks. We're happy to be here and we're happy to see Maya in person for the first time. Uh, we were retweeting and re-messaging for a long time, but now we met in person, if you can call this in person. Yes, yes. Good. We, we, will, we will get to a, a piece about something about in-person events in just a moment. Before we do that, just a couple of things to throw in. Um, we are going to be live. If you're watching this live, you're probably doing that in one of two places. It could be wpbuilds.com forward slash live. You've got to be logged into Google because it's Facebook. Sorry, it's a YouTube comments over there. And there's obviously the Facebook group, wpbuilds.com forward slash Facebook. If you want to just say hi, write something in the comments. If you're over on the Facebook side of things, you'll need to accept the little StreamYard link. There's a link in the thread. Click that and then we'll know who you are. You could, of course, want to anonymize yourself. That's absolutely fine. In which case, don't click that link and you'll just come across as Facebook user. We are going to be talking about the WordPress news for the last week. That's the week commencing the 22nd of March. And just a couple of things before we begin. I'm going to do the, the usual stuff, which I do. A bit of self-promotion at the beginning. The first one is to say wpbuilds.com. This is our website. We've got a load of stuff that we produce each week. Paul said that we don't have anything about Gutenberg this week. He was completely wrong because we have an entire podcast episode about it. David Wormsley and I droning on and on about WordPress. Me, yay, David, boo. And uh, <laughs> so it goes. Um, that was that was this week's episode. If you want to subscribe to the stuff that we produce, this is the page, wpbuilds.com forward slash subscribe. Links on there to our podcast feed, Facebook group, and all that good stuff. And then finally, if you enjoy listening to this, but you never managed to get on the live show, if you head to this link, you have to go to the archives link and then this week in WordPress video, we do store them all over here. And I repurpose it as a, you know, we sort of take the video that you're watching now and we package that up and what have you and put all the links down below. But then I also turn it into an audio podcast. So if you click on one, you'll see that. Uh, so for example, you can watch the video, but you can also just consume it as audio if you prefer. So anyway, that's, that is the stuff that we are doing this week, but we should probably crack on with it and actually talk about some WordPress stuff. 
And oh, let's begin here, shall we? This seems like a good place to start. This is to say that um, over on the europe.wordcamp.org site, we have um, a WordCamp Europe organized for this coming year, 7th of June, 2021. So it's not that far away, actually. Um, and as with all the as is this so often the case with WordCamp Europe, they they get out well before the event is actually going live, and ask for things like sponsors to get involved, for speakers to submit their submissions, for community people to get involved and volunteer to help out. So um, this is happening all in the next few months. Do you guys expect that you'll attend this? Is this something? I, I imagine the answer is going to be yes, but just in case, I'm going to throw the floor open and say, will you be attending this one? I'm yep. not sure because... <laughs> You go, you go, Maya. You go. Oh, surely. I mean, VCU is one of the one of the biggest the world uh, events, right? Uh, when it comes to WordPress world, so surely, as any here, we will be present. Uh, you know, but when it comes from, I mean, just the date itself, it's a huge organizational thing that we need to prepare as sponsors for these type of events and uh, the events not being physical and anymore moving to virtual, we also had to adapt and people had to adapt and everybody's in the process of adapting to, to some new type of uh, knowledge sharing. So yes, I mean, VCU, surely I missed, uh, I really miss uh, Berlin times. I don't know when was the last time you guys have you been to Berlin, but it was awesome. Yeah, yeah, it was. Sabrina was there, weren't you, mm -hmm. Sabrina? Yeah, I sure. was there. Maya was there. The, oh, Paul! What? Top, oh, top. Well, no, I. Do you know, what? I was. I bought a ticket for that one, and I didn't go because it. The day it happened was my son's fifth birthday. So, oh, in the end, I kind enough. of I weighed it all up and decided not to go. Uh, but obviously, and then last year it was an online event, and I dipped in and out. But I, I do love a WordCamp. It's probably you know my favorite thing of the year you know word, word camp london and i've not been to any of the european or the american ones or any of the international ones yet and i really want to do that but i don't i don't seem to commit personally to an online event in the same way i do to a digital one and i i, I clearly we're, we're not going to get a, a word camp a major word camp in physical form this year so I just wonder what uh, that's going to do to the community, you know, because I know how how binding the, the real events are, the, the real relationships that you make when you go to these events. And I know we can do the best we can at the online ones, but it isn't the same. But I do wish the, the team who's organizing this all the best. And I hope I can dip in and out and and um, come along in a digital form and, and meet some new people because we've kind of got to make extra effort to meet people online. It's, uh, and this is what I love about doing, doing shows like this is that Sabrina and Maya were saying how lovely it is to meet each other. And, and uh, th these are the sort of opportunities we have to keep creating as, you know, as people in the community. Otherwise, we'll just get stuck on our own and just start complaining about everything and get too negative all the time. So I hope to dip in. But... Um, I just think if you don't, if personally, I'm just because I've got two kids and loads of animals and all sorts of stuff like that. If I don't get out the house and go somewhere, then I, here's an idea. We can all book hotels if that's allowed. And we just go to a hotel with our laptop and that, that could work. Do you know what I mean? So we've, we've gone 
but we're out of the house and then we're, we're participating in the event and we're really focused in on it. That could work. Do you know what? I do think, though, there is something in, totally to be said about the fact that you've committed a lot of probably money and time and what have you in the real world event. So, you know, if you made the effort to go all the way over to Berlin, you know, even if that just meant you were moving from one city in Germany to another, it's still a significant portion of time and effort and money and you, you're far more likely to become engaged and the online stuff is it's just easy isn't it to drop out because like you were just saying Paul you've got the animals you've got the real world you've got your mates you've got all the social things that you could be doing and so competing against that the word camp competing against all of that is awfully difficult but if you've already gone to Berlin, there's no competition. You just that's you, you're there for that one thing. Sure, you could you could go and do all the touristy things that Berlin has on offer, but you've probably allocated a bit of time to do that when WordCamp isn't on. So I do think it's a tough sell, but um, you know, hopefully that's it. You're good. basically mixing two universes when you could do an online event. You you you're in your house. You've got your current life going on, and then you've got a screen with a, with an, with another life going on there. When you go somewhere you've left that that part behind and you're just dedicated to you know it's times you'll find yourself at a real event just sitting there and i'm on my own there's no i don't know anyone and then you meet someone and you just wouldn't probably do that so i can't wait until the real events start and i'm going to give it a go to to try this uh the europe one this year and maya you were saying you're likely a sponsor i mean mm-hmm. Everybody Correct. goes to GoDaddy. Correct. Everyone goes to GoDaddy for money when there's an event, though, don't they? That's um, standard no, procedure. Listen, <laughs> listen, it's uh, it's the fact is that we love to be there. It's not only mm. about uh, being the sponsor, but actually, I mean, partnering with those people. I mean, what we offer is something that would change someone's life or save him some time or, you know, improve his quality of life in it from any point of view. So we actually like to be there. And the community is awesome. Look, I've been working in so many different industries. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of like an older person already. So basically, I mean, in my 25 years of 20 or 30 years of my work experience, it's just that the co- community values, the, this bond, this um, ethical relationships that these people have developed among each other it's unbreakable i've never seen this in any other industry so this is why i think that our brand should really be there and support these people because you guys have such such great uh, you know life ethics which uh, which should be our guideline and value right yeah the um we'll come to a bit in a minute um in two pieces time about josepha hayden um, John Posey, and who's the executive director of WordPress. But it is interesting that one of the things that she was speaking about in the article that we'll mention in a minute is how the fact that the real world events haven't happened during the last year has has really caused a bit of a, uh, what's the word? It's made it more difficult to just keep the whole core stack moving forwards because it was terribly important that a lot of these people met up. Automatic would often pay for them to all go and be there and they would throw ideas around. They'd have dedicated time, whereas once it's all on Slack and it's much more disjointed and so on, it was it was she was saying more difficult to, to keep that going. She wasn't o- overemphasizing that point, but that point nevertheless is is quite important. So these real world events... I want them back. Everyone wants them back. I think the the thing about working together also is that, like, when you work together in a virtual sense, it kind of equal maybe 100 times 
to something which happens in person. For example, like if we work in person for 30 minutes, we need maybe 30 minutes multiplied on 100 minutes to get the same kind of bundles mm. to kind of connect with each other. That's just my opinion. Yeah. No, I think that's true. A lot, a lot. And it's just nice to meet people in that sort of real space. So sadly, we are left with, as the as the article clearly shows, we're left with the online version of things. But what I would suggest is that you head over to this website, europe.wordcamp.org, and keep your eyes peeled, maybe add it to some sort of RSS feed, because in the next few weeks and, well, months, they'll be slowly but surely drip feeding out their content, getting everybody ready um, for the event happening. You know, Nathan, <sighs> one thing I've seen is that like over the year, online events, even though there's been like a kind of fatigue around online events to a certain extent after a while, that a lot of the online events are starting to do things a little bit differently and host them in a little little bit of a different way to try and counter that. I mean, WordCamp Europe last year, uh, it didn't really have much time to figure it all out. Yeah. Yeah, you know, so... But I imagine that the the planning they've done. I imagine that straight after that event, there were the planners and who who are the kind of permanent planners were like, "What can we do next year to to make this more engaging?" If if this is the case, and so I, I think really interesting to see an event of what's normally such an absolutely huge physical event. What they can, if if they've got some ideas that they're going to put in there to to try and help people connect a lot more i mean i saw some great talks as well from uh i mean i don't even go to many of the talks but i saw a great talk at wordcamp london and um which funnily enough was from someone who used to um work at godaddy pro it was uh Nav navina tom tomovic uh she used to work for manage wp and godaddy pro correct, and correct. i i'm what I hope is that she did a great talk on um, using storytelling in your in your business and, and, and stuff like that, which I, was probably the best talk that I've seen at a WordCamp. I didn't go to that many talks, but I'm hoping that there's some more talks like that kind of thing as well, because I think last year was quite, the ones I jumped into were quite technical talks. Um, and I, I'd like to see, a. I wonder if because it was online, it didn't quite attract as many of the more conceptual um, left field sort of talks like like that one that uh, Navina did. So I'm looking forward to seeing how it, how it moves forward, really. So I'm laboring the point a little bit there. No, it's all right. You, uh, you actually met Sabrina, you were telling me, at WordCamp, didn't you? You were sat next I to I think her that and... was the year after, yeah. Um, yeah. I was sitting outside of Peach and Neri's talk on user experience design. And basically, that talk was oversubscribed and we nobody could the room was full and there was probably 50 to 60 people sitting outside with a screen, but you couldn't hear anything on the screen. And I was just sitting there and Sabrina was sitting next to me. We didn't know each other. And I opened my laptop. And just like, do you want to watch? Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to watch it on my screen? And, uh, and now, and then we were friends. That was it. So that's the kind of thing that you can, that happens in a real word camp that doesn't mm. really happen. And you don't tend to get that in a lot of business conferences as well. It's a little bit more no. stiff. Um, but but I love the word camps, the friendliness. So hopefully we can see some of that that feeling into the online version of it. I think probably there'll be a hybrid style approach in the future, because one of the benefits yeah. of having it in this manner is that people who 
for re- like for example you paul you know you were saying that you couldn't go because of family commitments you could still have attended some of that and got some of the flavor of it live and yeah. maybe there'd be some way of i don't know cameras on the audience and looking at the reactions and things like that it'd be interesting how it goes in the future by the way um thank you to anybody who's commenting thanks chris thanks heinrich thanks cameron and um we've got a facebook user uh, appreciate you making the effort. You've either decided to remain anonymous or you didn't click the StreamYard link um, saying we've tried so many different events over the past year. Pros and cons to all of them. Yeah, indeed. Um, we're going to stay on the online events thing, if that's all right, because we're going to talk about um, a GoDaddy Pro. This is this is one of those total coincidences of planning. There was no actual planning here. It just happened that Maya was on on the same week. So we've got a... Uh, events.godaddy.pro um, and I suspect Maya, you're probably the best person to talk about this. There's, a, there's an online event happening a, a, more or less exactly a month from now. It's happening April the 27th to the 28th. It's called Expand 2021. I suspect that you and your team have had to sort of wrangle the, the things that we've just been talking about, how to do it in an engaging way. But it looks nice. It's kind of divided up into two days, which I think is quite a nice and different approach ones that I've been organizing have all been five days, which is brings its own benefits and its own drawbacks. But do you want to tell us a bit about this, uh, Maya? Sure. Thank you for all the hard work uh, introduction. You said everything, so I can just relax now and observe a couple of points from that side. Thank you. Really appreciate it. And by the way, I really love this show. So, oh, thank you. Yes, so I think you're doing your job perfectly. So talk, talking about Expand, this is first ever Expand event by GoDaddy Pro. And this event is tailor-made for eager side hustlers or website freelancers uh, to give them instructions, resources, and connections they need to start or grow their business, as well as how to streamline workflow or how to make the most of their time and easily scale their business. So it's like uh, what we would like is not only to provide a solution, but also some uh, more wider business framework where this solution could be applied and, you know, how to, what to do in certain situations and how you should think and what are the best practices. So basically for those who might know what GoDaddy Pro is, uh, being a sub-brand of GoDaddy, it's a suit of tools enabling WordPress businesses to scale at the desired pace. So this is a like a sock that fits from 32 to 55, okay, <laughs> needs. so you just need to actually understand what the needs are. So the aim of this event is to help WordPress professionals succeeding online by giving them an intriguing mix of business and hands-on knowledge which they could apply in their own thinking or business developing. So it's a business conference which actually uh, observes a point uh, or GoDaddy Pro how to actually use it in order to build your business. So I hope this actually gives this uh, um, different point of view. Yeah. What's really interesting about this as well is that, you know, because you have scale, um, which a lot of people like myself doing the Page Builder Summit, you know, much more small. We've got a, a, our time is more constrained. We don't have a team to work with. Um, is some of the partners that you've got on here. So I notice, you know, you've got people like you've got two speakers from Google, for example, is the sort of thing that I don't imagine I'd ever be able to to manage. Not that it would particularly uh, work in that way, but it, security. Um, you've got the guys from WooCommerce over there. You've obviously got your own staff coming on. 
it's just a little bit of a different mix from the usual um, the usual suspects that we might see. So looks great. Yeah, some thinking. new some new faces, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking exactly the same. There's there's a couple of um, people that I recognise, like Cliff Almeida, who is legitimately fantastic at sales and and um, building relationships with clients. He's he's an absolute legend expert at this. And there's also Christina Romero down there somewhere uh, talking about care plans. Um, a lot of people who are listening have probably uh, know of Christina and have maybe seen some of her talks before, but care plans are super useful at the moment. If you are running any kind of WordPress agency or a freelancer, you really need that um, regular money coming in over and over again. And like you said, there's there's a whole load of people there that I've never heard of before, but the companies that they work for, like there's somebody doing a talk who is from WooCommerce talking about the opportunities in e-commerce to freelancers and agencies in 2021, 2022. And yeah, Jonathan Wald there in top right. I want to I wanna know. I want to listen to that one. I want to watch that one. I want to know what the opportunities are right from the organization that knows the trends and where, where stuff's going on. And by mm. the way, the comment in, the, uh, in, in there that said about that we've tried so many different event formats over the past year, that was actually Adam Warner. So he's in he's in the ah. Facebook group at the moment from GoDaddy Pro. Uh, so there he is on the screen there. He's uh, the second in the screen there. After oh, the I didn't know that. That's great. So that was Adam, yeah. That was Adam. Yeah. Oh, thank you, Adam, for joining us. That's lovely. Um, Sabrina, anything to add about this one? Or would you like us to move on? Uh, actually, I was going to ask Maya, uh, how, um, like, we know, we all know how the um, speaker selection goes with WordCamps, right? Uh, Maya, how is it different with organizing an event like this? Uh, well, let me tell you, first of all, Adam is the driver of this event, so I'm not, oh. I didn't pull the, I didn't pull this, uh, all these names, and although I also run GoDaddy Pro meetups uh, uh, each Monday, so this is where I am actually the one selecting the people. So if you're asking me if I have like a scheme or how do I select people, but first of all, I select, I, if I would to select for this, I would need to, I would need them to understand both the, the platform and the business point of view. That's very important. So there has to be somebody from uh, development. If audience has a question, technical one that needs an improvement or that it's confusing them or it needs some type of direct contact with them. Surely you need to have someone from care. Surely you need to have someone. I mean, if you'd like to talk about a solution, then you have to bring uh, all the faces behind as well as uh, uh, influencers or people who do understand the value of uh, uh, that uh, certain software solutions carry so and they can make comparisons and you know so it's um, it's a it's always a mix of uh, of um, of a business and a technical um, technical person i'm going to venture that this sorry sabrina your face has been covered up by my uh, rude uh, rude <laughs> sticking up of the caption there. I'm going to venture that this might be Adam. I'm not sure. Um, we purposefully kept this event short each day, three hours max. Yeah, interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and yes. I think probably this may be his comment, the prior one as well, fatigue is real. Yeah, it's, it's a thing. It really is a bit of a thing. But it, it looks like a fabulous event, and uh, what, a, what a great bit of coincidence that uh, 
that you may or on the are on the call today to talk about it. Let me just go through a couple of quick things, the dates, so that you're absolutely sure. Uh, first of all, the URL, go to events.godaddy.com. Um, then there is actually a string of stuff after that, which is too long for me to say, but I'm sure you'll be able to find it. Just Google maybe expand 2021 GoDaddy Pro 28th to the, sorry, 27th to the 28th of April uh, PDT. And there's a button here. Uh, you can click reserve RSVP for this event now. So brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Looks great. Um, I'm not sure about this next one, in all honesty. I don't know. I feel slightly bashful, and I didn't even put it in. Paul, put this one in. Nathan. Will you, please? Thank you. I'll put yeah. it on the screen, but you do it. Go on. You, you'll do a particularly bad job of this one because you, yeah. you don't you don't like to show off about your own achievements. Hmm. But uh, so there's a new Word, uh, WordPress-based podcast launched at WordPress Tavern, which is one of obviously the most popular uh, WordPress-based uh, websites, second only to WPBuilds.com. Hmm. And it just so <laughs> happens I actually that, choked at that point. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Um, but the wonderful thing about this news is that. The, the person who is the host of this podcast is our very own Nathan Wrigley. And uh, this has been something that you've been kind of working on for a good three or four months, uh, building up and getting everything, getting all the, all the different things in order and figuring out who you can interview and that kind of thing. So it's a brand new podcast officially on the WordPress Tavern. Uh, Nathan is the host. He's got some great, um, guests lined up and the first one is Josepha Hayden Chomposi who is the what's her job title it's she's like the, the executive, executive director, director of the WordPress project yeah so and by by the WordPress project generally that's referring to the wordpress.org project as in the open source project you can find out a lot about what Josepha actually actually does in that role and the challenges that she faces in the interview it's a really good listen and also just want to take this opportunity to say, well done, Nathan. That's an absolutely fantastic achievement to to win that opportunity. Did a, you've done a great job and you've been a good voice of WordPress over the last uh, couple of years. So well done, dude. Thank you. It was it, yeah. yeah. Oh dear. Uh, yeah. Let, uh, okay. Um, thank you. I feel very humbled to be on that particular website you know how if you if you're into a particular thing like if you're really into i don't know in, in our case wordpress there's probably properties in wordpress that you really admire and if you're into i don't know um football there's probably particular football clubs and what have you that you admire and and so if you're a fan of manchester united if you were to be invited to the manchester united football ground you'd feel so pleased but if you were invited to the, I don't know, Chelsea football ground, you'd probably just think, uh, whatever, you know, maybe I'll go. Well, I've, I am, if you followed this podcast, Rage, you'll know I just dip into WP Tavern like habitually. And I find it to be such a fabulous place to find the WordPress news. And so the fact that I've got this podcast up and running, I'm, so pleased it's great anyway it's not about me this episode was all about wordpress from josepha's point of view and it honestly i think it is worth a listen she talks about what she how she got into wordpress all of that stuff you know it's not necessarily relevant but it's quite nice to hear the story but then she talks about all the stuff that's going on at the moment you know the the move to full site editing this really aggressive roadmap that she's laid out 
to try and uh, get things in the next few months into core, full site editing and so on, whether or not that's possible, whether or not, as I put it, there's enough bums on seats to actually pull it off, whether there's a bit of fatigue going on. And we talked about word camps and COVID and all of that, and whether or not there's literally enough manpower to make that happen. And so it it was quite a nice interview. I've got a few more lined up, not with Josefa, but I've got a few more lined up. So the the plan at the minute is to do one a month. So uh, that's how we'll take it. But yeah, I'm I'm delighted. You might say. <laughs> right. I just wanted to add uh, congratulations, Nathan, on the launch. Uh, I listened to this episode, and you just mentioned like uh, the like personal things are not that relevant as like the future of WordPress, the what we're heading to and all the things. But I don't know how to you guys, but for me, it's always interesting to listen to the personal stuff at the first place. Uh, like what, who are the people behind the things, how they got there? This is super interesting because, for example, Josefa, uh, she mentioned that it was her mom who introduced her to WordPress that um, she also told about what she had to learn to become um, a leader in this position. This is super interesting to me. And if you're into, if, if you're listening to this show and you're into this stuff as well, take your time and listen to it. It's a nice piece. Yeah, well, thank you. I, I did definitely miss. I misspoke just then because I, I wasn't certainly wasn't trying to sort of undermine that. Because obviously, I'm asking the questions. I did find that really interesting. Um, I love the backstory bit. That mm -hmm. that for me is is one of my favourite bits as well because it gives you a real kind of window into somebody's life. And and she is really instrumental in just about everything that we do. You know, the WordPress project is moving forward because of decisions that she and other people are making. Um, and she did say in the interview that sometimes she just has to say, "We're doing it this way," um, you know, no matter what the no matter what the consensus may or may not be. So it, it's important to find out what her motivations are. And she does come across as very sincere. I have to say, she really. She, I've met her. I did meet her once, uh, Berlin actually, um, but but it, again, it was like an interview type thing, so I didn't really get to know her. I had a much more of a lengthy chat with her this time, and it was really nice to to get to know her. Whoa. Anyway, there we go. <laughs> um, right, should we move on quickly? There we go. Uh, what's next? I believe it's Paul. Oh, so we go from something very joyous, in my case anyway, to something a bit sad. Paul. <laughs> Sorry, I just realised the, uh, the segue there was could have been better. To something really sad, Paul. Yeah, uh, yeah you're talking about the article, not me. I, I am. This is a Caldera um, Forms article. I'll hand it to you. That's right. So Caldera Forms, I think it was last year, um, was acquired by Ninja, Form, Ninja Forms, and we've got a there's, there's a lot of um, form plugins in the market and pro form plugins in the market. So there's an absolute crowded space there and a ton of competition. And then you even have other tools like Jetpack and um, Elementor even creating their own form solutions as well. Anyway. Uh, Caldera was acquired by Ninja Forms uh, last year sometime and the plan was at the time that it would carry on going alongside Ninja Forms but it seems that over that time it's worked out that they've decided to sunset this product and it will be shut down as a product and no longer supported from the 31st of December 2021 so there's almost a whole year for people to move on to something different 
And I'm sure it was a really, really difficult decision to make. Um, I think that the people who had uh, accounts with Caldera are getting offered a like-for-like -like kind of account with Ninja Forms. Apart from I know that some of them are not happy because some of them had lifetime deals with the Caldera Form plugin and they're not getting offered that um, with Ninja Forms. Now, there's nothing to say that just because you have a, a lifetime deal with one product and it gets bought out and then shut down that you are, have some kind of right to a lifetime deal with another one. But I do know that from a sentiment point of view, it would go a long way to give those people something so that they become raging fans of Ninja Forms in the same way that they were of, as Caldera Forms. But I'm sure that, um, who is the person who created Caldera Forms? Is it Josh Pollock? I think right? it was. That's what. That's the name I was going to say, yeah. Yep. So he, his product is, is effectively getting shut down. I think he was acquired into Ninja Forms as well, as far as I know. But he's now got, and the team have got a kind of year of creating... Um, a slow kind of shutdown of, of this, which must be quite a sad thing to do over the over the space of a year when you've built something up. But moving on to other things, I don't know what to say about the users with the lifetime deals that don't get grandfathered in. It's a business decision that, that Ninja Forms have made and they've every right to do it. But I'm sure that those kind of things don't go down too well. I think they're getting offered a good deal on on something else, but that's... That's a shame for those for those WordPress users. One of the things I would just say is that we're in a period at the moment where companies are making acquisitions all over the place. Hosting companies are buying other hosting companies. Plugin companies are buying other ones. We've missed one of the articles. We might skip back to it in a minute um, about um, a Gutenberg-based product. Yeah. Um, so... As end users, I think that we've just got to be mindful of this is the situation that we're in at the moment. So don't put your eggs all in one basket too much because the plugin that you use and might depend on might one day get bought out and that might be the end of it a year later. If it's all right, I'm going to speak next because I have a thought on this. And it, one of the things that sort of occurred to me is if you were involved in Caldera forms, A, you'd be very sad that it's going away, but also it must be a bit, I don't know how I would feel if I had a product that I knew was going to go away, that I had to uh, apply lots of development time because they talk in the article about all the things that they're going to do to make it as one clickable as possible to take you over to Ninja Forms. And I, I didn't really realize that it was an hire as well. So I didn't know if the people were going over, but the fact that you're going to spend the next two or three months writing um, adaptations to the plugin in order to make the plugin sort of make everybody sort of disappear from you must be a little bit disheartening. But I don't know about the lifetime deal stuff, but then on the flip side, they could just have said, it's going away. We're not doing anything. We're just going to, you know, you'll just have to deal with it. Um, so I think it's quite impressive. If you read the article, you'll see the lengths they're going to to make it as simple as possible. And Ninja Forms might not be where you want to go. But if you can cope with that, they're going to, by the looks of it, the roadmap is that they're going to take care of you. There's going to be a an option to click buttons to make things go across. But also they, for their premium users, they're going to do a sort of white glove offering where if you've got any technical problems or something hasn't worked out as you'd hoped, they will reconstruct the forms for you. And I think that's pretty admirable from from everything I've seen so far. So yeah, good. Anyway, over to Maya and Sabrina. 
well, maybe I talk too much. I don't know if Sabrina would like to go first. But yeah, I mean, um, I mean, business concepts. It's, I mean, when I, for instance, worked in the automotive industry, Mitsubishi at one point, for instance, was giving lifetime deals on uh, on cars, so on their Mitsubishi Pajero. So that was all awesome for the first ten years. But then later on, that was uh, an issue, <laughs> totally for and liability for the company, for the local dealers, not for the producers. So I mean, making any type of uh, of hard commitment and not then not being able to fulfill it but then finding a way how at least something can be done I think shows a great effort by these people who are behind Caldera Forms who are trying to they couldn't envision the future but at least they can uh, help with the presence activity so I I really like what they're doing I mean maybe that's the best what they can do maybe they cannot do any better maybe someone else was expecting more but then again it's a it, their effort is clearly enough ethical and human Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. I like the way they put it as well. And I was just thinking as um, a producer of something, for example, a producer of plugin, a producer of theme or a producer of podcast, for example, you set certain expectations uh, and to your users, listeners, and you can't, the more popular you get, you can't just walk away and forget about the responsibility that you already took. Um, it's kind of your level of responsibility grows with the level of your popularity and love to you. The responsibility level grows as well. And it's nice to see um, people remembering about it. Mm. We had um, Chris Hughes in the comment just now saying, unless there were literally tens of thousands of people on lifetime deals, he was surprised that he didn't just honor that. Uh, lifetime deal and flip it over to Ninja Forms because of the bad press that may be caused as a result, as we are now sort of highlighting. Um, and then Facebook user, again, I'm going to say that it's probably Adam Warner, I don't know. Uh, he says, agreed, does the revenue outweigh the negative sentiment? Only they know. I should probably stop saying it's Adam Warner because it could be a multitude of people <laughs> and I'm putting words into his mouth. Um, but there we go. And Paul, I'm sorry, you're quite right. I did totally miss an article out, um, which was this one. I, the reason I missed it out is because I just modeled up my tabs. So I'll I'll just introduce this one. Let me get it up on the screen. This is back to WP Tavern. Oh, I love WP Tavern. Um, <laughs> the this is this is such an interesting story. This is a a plugin. Well, is it even a plugin? What is it? Extendify um, has acquired Editor Plus. Now we've been going on about Editor Plus on this show for ages, and as the as the improvements to the the free plugin have been uh, introduced month after month by Mania Kamal. We've been saying how fa fabulous it is. Um, it turns out that Mania, I think, joined the Extendify team, I think in December was what he told me. Um, and he's taken on Editor Plus over to that side of things. There's been a slight change in that some of the options which were previously available because it was only available on .org have become a premium offering now. You've got to join the uh, the Extendify um, subscription. But yeah, it is just to say that if you were enjoying Editors Plus, you will now have to go and uh, sign up to a subscription. Uh, the article talks about the fact that they've introduced commercial templates and they plan to improve their block editing. There's actually a lot to say about this. They've got this fabulous ton of templates that you can use 
Um, and now exactly the same thing. They've stifled what you could have for free. I think it links up with Gutenberg Hub, I believe it was called, which was, I think, Mania's offering over on the template side of things. But quite interesting. This Extendify seemed to be hoovering up things from all over the place because Dovey, who's often on this show, uh, seems that back in November, I think, Paul, you knew about this, but were unable to say or didn't say. They've also acquired the the Redox framework. I always want to say Redox, but I'm sure he says Redox. Um, and they've got a bunch of other things as well. So really taking, taking the WordPress block editor to a new level, you can click on the link. Where's the Extendify? Probably just go and Google Extendify and you can see what they're up to. You had something to say here, Paul, didn't you? There's some there's some big stuff in here, really. Uh, so this is Munir Kamal's uh, plugin, isn't it? Editor Plus. Yeah. Yeah. And um, you know he's been a, a total leader in these uh, third party products for for the block editor. You know, he's been kind of um, leading the way, really, and showing how it can be done. And so well done to to him for joining the team and. Um, because he deserves to uh, be very successful and have a lot of uh, eyes on his products and um, people will really love it, I think. What's really interesting is um, this team up with the the Redux uh, product that, like you said, Dovey has uh, sold now. And also, we've said well done a lot this, uh, this episode. Well done, Dovey, for selling your product because he's been quite open when he's come on to our show that... Redux was a product that is huge, like 2 million websites use Redux because yeah. a lot of the websites on um, Code Can- uh, Theme Forest, Code Canyon, Theme Forest, Theme yeah. Forest all use the Redux framework. So 2 million is probably not even, not even, uh, even near the amount of websites that have got the Redux framework built into it. But Dovey made almost no money out of it. And so all of these these end users were making a fortune out of Redux, and he he wasn't really making that much money out of it, and was making money in a different part of his life. And he's that's not a secret. That's something that he's totally open about, and has mentioned it, and makes jokes about it on when he comes on on here as well. But he's sold it now. But what's really interesting is that before he sold it, they started changing what Redux was to be a kind of Gutenberg template library that that you would be able to sort of see a whole load of different templates and apply them to your to your pages and he made it so that it was compatible with all of the major themes that people are tending to use and you could preview how this template would look on your on your site so what i think's happening here is extendify are looking at joining the two things so instead of uh munir's old template library, I think that what's going to happen is that Redux is going to be the template library and Extendify is the, or the toolkit plugin is is the functionality part. So I think they've done a really smart move in buying these two products. The one thing I don't know about though is that Redux has completely changed its direction. So if anyone doesn't know what Redux really was before was more of a advanced custom fields, pods type tool and a lot of the users who created themes on Code Canyon and um, Envato were using it to create option settings in the back end of WordPress. So if you use a theme like, I don't know if Avada uses it, but I think it might. If you use a theme like Avada, all your theme options about what fonts we're using and all that sort of stuff was inside there. Now, Dovey didn't really make any money out of it, as he said. Uh, it's been sold. He's 
on the board, but I don't think he's probably active um, developing, developing it anymore. And Redux is going in a completely different direction in everything apart from its name. So I wonder what happens to those millions of websites that used it and it's not really going to get moved forward. So if I, if I was an Envato based theme developer, I'd be checking as much information as I could about this. But that's like we said, you know, Caldera needs to move forward. Ninja forms need to move forward. Redux needs to move forward. And we're just coming into a new age of WordPress where everything is changing. And um, there's going to be some casualties for sure, but it's what comes with progress, I think, in, in the software. Sabrina? Speech over. Yeah, I think uh, <laughs> I think last time when I was on the show, Paul um, mentioned this as well, that when you move forward, you need to break some eggs. I mean, <laughs> we were talking about a few times, I think, right? Uh, when you do something new, there is just the consequences of this. And if you are someone who is involved in this, uh, you have to be prepared and it's probably um, developers' responsibility to look after all the things and get prepared before they are kind of break out. Yeah, okay. Maya? Well, I thought I already <laughs> wrapped it in my previous one, but yeah, it's... Uh, um, I mean, everybody should understand market opportunities. I mean, whether, uh, I mean, the whole process of understanding how the market works is probably in its understanding. So I hope that people will understand what works best for them, what doesn't work long-term, short-term. There's a lot of things and goals that need to be re reconciled and aligned in successful business. Yeah, there are times when there are problems and there ex those are exposed. But and it's all and it all depends how we deal with certain type of situations. Are we honest, or we don't want to be too honest, or it, it's just a matter of a business lifestyle. And uh, it's very you can see it everywhere, you know. Yeah, what I'm quite interested in is because I've never heard of Extendify before. Well, I don't know exactly how long, but until quite recently, and yet they bought this Redux um, of Dovies. They've now bought Mania's um, editor kit i won't say editor kit is it editor kit editor plus i know editor kit exists but it's a different thing um and they've also taken on tammy lister i believe who until recently worked for automatic on the gutenberg side of things so they're obviously obviously investing a lot in the editor experience and the the options to just take the editor and sign up to their subscription service and well as the name says extend it in in terms of templates and obviously now with Mania coming in in terms of what the actual editor can do the ability to i don't know resize images and put nice borders around things and so on and basically have a little bit of a page builder thing going on so yeah really interesting but the fact that they've got so many templates now that's a really interesting direction i wonder if that's what they're banking on as being the way that we're going to build websites in the future. It was quite interesting. A new, um, I don't know if anybody caught this piece of news, but there was a new page builder that came along during the course of this week. We haven't really included it, but it was called Bricks. Um, and it was launched by the guy who has happy forms. And you could tell that the, the front and center thinking of this whole new page builder is templates, that the whole experience is driven by templates. In other words, 
that the new user wants to just click a button, drop something which is pre-built in, and then fiddle with it a bit, you know, alter the styling, alter the fonts, but the left, the right, the images, all of that is taken care of. And this whole new page builder where the first thing that you've got to do on every time you start something pretty much is to chuck in a template. Maybe that's maybe that's the way these guys are going. Anyway, sorry, Paul, to miss that one out. That's uh, me. Uh, no, it's good. The, the bricks the bricks theme, it's a theme with a builder built in. So it's kind yeah. of like the old yeah. Divi sort of approach or maybe mm. similar to the Oxygen. I'm pretty sure that the um, that there is a video about it by on WP Tuts there on is. YouTube. There is. Yeah, I forget his name. It's Paul, Paul Charlton. Is his, Paul is his first name, so I remember that part. Paul Charlton, yeah, from uh, WP Tuts. And I know that uh, that Carl Van Dusen, who will be listening to this in one week's time when he's cleaning his house on Saturday morning, uh, I know that he was he was doing some tests with this as well because he's a he's a big fan of Oxygen at the moment. He's moved away from Elementor to Oxygen, and he's very interested in this as well. But if you want to find out a bit more about Bricks Builder, then uh, go and check out Paul Charton's video on YouTube under WP Tuts. Yes. Yeah, it was good, actually. I learned a lot from it. I actually mm-hmm. went through their documentation. I bought it and went through all the documentation because, oh, yeah, just it, yeah. interested, you know, really keen to see what it was like. I enjoyed it. I liked it a lot. Anyway, we were totally straying off the point. Well, shall we add that in for next week? Let's talk about bricks. Yeah. In yep. a subsequent um, episode. Cause... Speaking of buying things, the mm. ex- the Extendify plugin is on a half price sale at the moment as well. If someone is interested in, in investing in that, uh, you can you can buy it at the extendify.com website and it looks like they've got a temporary or a, or a limited time offer of $149 for the first year. Uh, limited time offer. Normally, it's two hundred and ninety-nine dollars a year, and for that's for unlimited sites. And then for one site, it's forty-nine dollars reduced from ninety-nine. It does say for the first year, so my guess is, is that renews at the full price of two hundred and ninety-nine. I was just thinking that, that. there's there's that's... far too much. Uh, there's the the language is not clear enough there for for me to know which way that would go. But um, that is th- this is such interesting pricing. One site for a third of as many sites as you can possibly get. This seems to be the new thing, doesn't it? Is I mean, clearly they want to sell the one four nine one, right? And they just don't want a single person to buy the one, the one one. But the bricks but guy a, had the exact same thing, thing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, the bricks guy had the same thing. I think it was three sites or a thousand sites, and yeah. the difference was like it was double the amount or something like that. So yeah, I think anyway. it's there so that if you were to sort of say. Oh, uh, two hundred and ninety-nine or one hundred and forty-nine. That's that's a bit too much money. I don't want to, you know. I think it should be a lot less. And they can say, well, how much? You know, if I do the one one site, what's it got to be? Fifty cents a year or something? Yeah. Yeah. How are we going to make a business out of this? How are we going to, you know, um, make any actual real money? Because so I think um, I think that the the single site there is almost. I imagine that that's the one that doesn't sell very much. But I know, Nathan, you spoke once, didn't you, to um, the person at Grid Search? What's it called? I forget. The oh, plugin. Grid, WP Grid Builder or Grid Builder WP. Well, he yeah. was the first person. It was a Black Friday last, no, when, when is Black Friday? Is it November? November. November yeah. um, he, he was the first person I'd seen use this pricing. It was like one site for this and then a th- and then it was unlimited or a thousand. I remember thinking at the time, that's weird. That's just weird pricing. But then I spoke to him, and guess what everybody bought? The one for 1,000. 
So he virtually sold hardly any of the cheaper ones. So it really, really worked. And I suppose from his point of view, what does it matter if it's the same code base, right? You just they just have to download the plugin and anyway. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Seems to be the way it's And you going. think as well, the people who buy an unlimited one are probably going to reach out to support less because they're more likely to be a pro versus the person who's buying a one-site one. They might be building it for their own mom and pop's business and they don't really know what they're doing and they're going to need more support. So it's kind of priced imbalanced, but I guess for the people that they do want to just buy one, they need to factor in that they might need to help them sometimes. And that's probably what yeah. they're really paying for. Yeah. Um, okay. Now, I think our show notes have got all balked because have we dropped the Stripe one and what have you? Have we yeah. Gone out? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Got it. All right. In which case, we'll go to this one next. This is the um, this is the, the agency 10Up in the UK. They have created a new plugin. Um, it is called Convert to Blocks. And guess what it does? It converts things um, from old things to new shiny block things. Actually, I could do with this because we've got a bunch of stuff on. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Just for the benefit of those who are listening to this, um, Maya's given us wavy hands. The uh, It is shiny and new. The I could do this be because when I moved from the classic editor, because I downloaded the classic editor, because I was a bit afraid when WordPress 5 came about and uh, continued to use it for I don't know, four or five months, and then thought, right, forget it. I'm going to use the, the the block editor. And it messed up a few things like the the way that shortcodes rendered and the order in which they rendered compared to other things. And so there was a few posts which got messed up in that sense. And this is quite nice because this plugin gives you the sort of opportunity to kind of inspect whether things have gotten broken. And it adds a new UI element to the, the post screen so if you're looking at the screen, we've got this new editor, and it shows you which of, of the editors you're using. So you can sort of go through on a one-by-one -one basis. And I don't really know what the technology is, but the idea is that it helps you through the process of seeing if the update from Classic to the Gutenberg block editor, if anything got broken along the way. And um, I, I feel for me, the time for the class editor classic editor has long since gone if my name was david warmsley i would just be warming up you know i'd just just be just loving the classic editor he totally thrives on it but um it's just a nice little handy plug-in if you've got any anxiety about things being broken like i did this hopefully will give you a way out and make it much more straightforward to to get things fixed up it's by 10 up uh, and there's obviously links in here Are any of you still sticking with the classic editor no, That's silence. That's of good. course no. <laughs> no. But I think this will be a super, super useful for those who run, for example, like big blo big blogs or newspapers, uh, news portals, or something. Who kept using Classic Editor because it's the way they had their workflow for ages. And then when they tried to move to Gutenberg, they saw some something broken, and they kind of decided to hold on. Uh, with the idea, because this plugin helps you uh, to make it semi-automatic, semi-manual, so you can see what's going on there, and if all is right, you just click the button and lots of posts get converted automatically, isn't that nice? Yeah, it kind of reminded me of one of those website services that you use where it can, it's like creates a diff of, here's what the website used to look like, yeah, here's yeah. what it now looks like, mm -hmm. are they matching? Yes. Great. Let's just click the. Let's just click go. And if not, go in and worry about it. Um, but also the fact that in the UI, 
there is a button to show which one is currently. I mean, it's really obvious, right? There's just a big mm. fat new column which makes it obvious. You don't have to hover over and what have you. So that's quite nice. Nice. I like it. It's a nice little plugin. I think if this plugin works, it will save so many lives and constant nerves, you know? I mean, I think that the mental, what do you call it, mental cohabitation or the community will feel much better if this works because one stressless. And uh, there are many other plugins actually that help, that gives you this uh, visual preview that you're 100% sure that what you're doing, you know what you're doing and you don't have to spend the 20 additional hours next day to fix it. So praises to the guys who did this and saving lives in WordPress. Oh, that's a nice way of putting it. They should actually call it that, shouldn't they? Saving li- The saving lives in WordPress plugin. That's great. Justin makes the point that, you know, you can do this manually, but if you're a big organization, once you get past a couple of dozen posts, this you really can't do this manual anymore you need some kind of automation to make sure that yeah. things are going and you know i would imagine that if you've got identical looking posts and you've gone through 20 just click the button and go for it see how we go right okay assuming that everything is equal i think i, I feel that we're um maybe going to stray into into ground that sabrina is more confident on than than either me or paul i don't know about maya but um we're talking here about core web vitals the words core web and vitals when put together make me run away and uh and so paul you introduce it and then sabrina can slowly draw me back in again and make me less terrified (laughs) yeah i'm i'm also glad that we've got sabrina on the show today to give some insight into this one so this is on speckyboy.com and there's an article that says, are Google's core web vital metrics unreasonable? And in summary, if you use WordPress or a page builder or any of these different tools, or maybe even Wix or Squarespace, or it doesn't really matter, any of those tools, it is quite difficult to satisfy Google's core web vital metrics, especially on mobile. So this article shows some examples where and uh, a particular web page does absolutely brilliant on GT metrics. It's using the same scoring mechanism, it's using the Lighthouse system, and it does absolutely brilliant. But then you run it through Google PageSpeed Insights, and it does really, really bad. And now for years, we've had this thing where we were able to confidently tell our clients if we're a developer or a, or a freelancer or an agency, hey, don't worry about those scores. They don't really mean anything too much. Look, here, look at this one. It's different than the score over here. And look at the BBC website. Oh, one second. My camera's gone off. Uh, let me just Sorry, we can cameras. still hear you, by the way. So. I'll tell you what, I'll, what I'll do, I'll stay as this kind of, um, this. Uh, hopefully my, is my hand sticking up there? Is do you know, you look got? very sort of Roman almost. It's like that kind of Roman posture. You've yeah. got a real, yeah. For those not watching, Paul's got like one hand raised in the air, almost like saluting. Very nice, yeah. Can you stay I'm, like that for good? I'm a, man, I'm a mansplain. Yeah, I'm mansplaining this at the moment. So that gesture, <laughs> I think, works quite, works quite well. Um, yeah, so I think the, the, the key issue is here is that it is people are finding it difficult to pass the, the the Google Core Web Vitals tests, especially on mobile. And how much of a worry is that for us as freelancers and agencies who are going to have suddenly a bunch of clients saying, "Hey, what's going on with my website? It's getting all these fail notifications on the Google Analytics and all this sort of stuff. Like, are we supposed to fix that for them? What if we can't? And what does it mean for website owners who are choosing WordPress?" and simply can't pass these tests. I don't know 
what the answer is. I don't know, Sabrina, should I be worried? And should other people be worried? Or is this something that you think that Google will work out and find a way to make it so some websites can actually pass the test? Because it seems that 99% of them won't at the moment. <laughs> First of all, I want to note that uh, on the page that we just saw, uh, it wasn't a correct uh, comparison. They compared GTmetrics test uh, if you can bring that back again, they compare yeah. GTmetrics um, test with field data in Google PageSpeed Insights. So Google PageSpeed Insights has two sections, right? The first one is lab data, which is based on um, uh, simulating users' uh, behavior, right? And you have a node there, lab da data. And here we are looking at the field data, which was measured by the real user experience on the website with um, Google Analytics or something. And this is different. Like in the same report in, in Google PageSpeed Insights, lab, lab data and field data for the same website, for the same page in the same report, uh, it can be quite different. So, for example, um, Google PageSpeed Insights measured that this uh, site should, should like, probably would have largest content will paint um, three seconds, for example. But then field data shows that it, it's not three seconds, but uh, six seconds, for example. And this is the place where developers and site owners should pay attention because uh, what Google would consider in their um, uh, ranking factors, real user behavior, so they would consider field data, but not the tests that are made um, uh, with uh, artificial uh, tools like GTmetrics, for example, or like lab data uh, section in PageSpeed Insights. So this is the first point. And uh, another thing that you mentioned, Paul, and I think this is a huge misunderstanding about this as well for us as developers, that it's super hard to uh get nice uh results for mobile experience this is so untrue because um what is our user experience this is um the place where we can interact with the website when it's loaded right and if it's a desktop website just imagine a desktop website we're looking at it right now there are loads of things to load if it's a mobile website. It's just a small screen to load stuff and to start interacting with it. So if you need to optimize real user experience, you don't need to optimize on mobile as much things as you need to optimize on desktop. Can you see my point? Like there are, there are small images, there are a few elements on the mobile version usually. And you need to optimize only the first screen to get user interacting with your website as soon as possible. So you can do all the stuff in the background. And this is, um, I think this is the point that a lot of developers miss. They try to optimize everything while they need to uh, target only the user experience, the first screen, the time to interactive and stuff. That's why it's not that hard to optimize for mobile as people might think i guess i guess I've, one of the I things that comes that. away from, oh sorry paul you you go all i was going to say was that um i've been doing a lot of experimenting myself and david wormsey have both been doing a lot of experimenting with beaver builder to see how well we can do with the scores and we've been we've been doing really well in fact and we, we've both managed to create full 
you know full pages with videos and images and all sorts of stuff and and get past the test but we've had to we've had to um i guess do what we're supposed to do and be professional basically but um <laughs> the, the the one thing um that i can say is that r- removing oh sorry i'll go off for a minute oh okay is that your dog i don't care yeah, that your dog's yeah. barking if anybody else cares yeah, just let the dog bark. It's okay, fine. cool. Carry on. So, um, all I was going to say is that oh, oh, that dog's really annoying. Yeah. Paul. Gee, I'll turn it off. Minute, one of second. <laughs> That's fine. Oh, I was joking. Oh, he's taking me seriously. Oh, never mind. I'll just drop in the point I was going to make before I rudely interrupted Paul, and that was that the it kind of feels like the the whole industry is becoming like little silos like there's now the the sort of the seo side of things you know that that's a total field in of itself you can be an seo expert and that's that's where you stick your flag in the ground and that's what you do and it feels like sabrina a whole new industry is is opening up which you're right at the beginning of which is this you know trying to grapple with this and i know that this has always existed in the past but the 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 level of technical detail which is required which is kind of what this article is trying to spell out and the pitfalls for somebody unlike yourself who doesn't understand it and the confusion and and all of the things that you just said mean that it's harder than ever to make this work And, and i know it's easy for for people who take the time and um you know put the put the effort in but I, I think it's it's quite quite nice that somebody like you sabrina will come to some of the stuff that you've been doing recently in a moment you're um you're at the beginning of what feels like a, a new industry almost in a way yeah and i think uh, just because we have so much information about this the right information is getting drowned in misinformation and that's right. why it seems to be harder to find what is what is true if you didn't run tests or didn't didn't dive deep in the field by yourself. Mm. Um, I, Paul, I have to apologize. I was joking about the dog. I don't care about the dog. No, what it was, there was somebody at the knocking the door and they kept uh, okay. ringing the bell. So uh, yeah. the dog wasn't going to stop until I went in and uh, answered the door there. Okay. But that's typical That's typical me, I think, on live podcasts. Um, so all I was going to say was that uh, I did, in their testing, when I couldn't pass the uh, the mobile tests, I actually had a, a hero image at the top. And for mobile, I just made it so the hero image behind the a kind of gradient banner didn't bother showing. The image didn't load in on mobile. And that made the difference. The, in reality, when I looked at it, it was pointless having a photo that you can barely see in the background of the top of a mobile screen on a hero anyway. So what ended up being was that desktop had a photo with a gradient over it. And on mobile, it just had the text with the gradient underneath and the photo wasn't loading in. And as simple as that, the rest of the page, like Sabrina, you said, it, the, the test didn't seem to care about the rest of the page. It was just about this top section. So there were some little tricks that you can do. Just for instance, forcing that top hero banner on your pages on mobile to be full height. That means mm-hmm. nothing else is going to try and load in from below, below that below that banner there and try to reduce the amount of media that you've got loading into that top section. Now, that's just one little hack that I discovered. But it's been very interesting trying to figure out how to satisfy these, these tests. And um, yeah, that's, that's what I was going to say, really, that uh, we've been trying some things out. Yeah, I see a lot of people complain about all this, but don't you guys feel that uh, all this change is kind of pushing us to think out of a little bit out of the box? If previously we tried to take the way right. we have the site, we already have the site, and 
kind of squeeze it and compress it and kind of mm, mm, try to fit it uh, in some limits, right? Now we're looking at it and, okay, do, do I really need this? Do I really want this here? Do, does my user really benefit from seeing this? over here or maybe i should just rearrange stuff on the things uh, on the place uh, on the page so it would be more use user friendly more mm, beneficial to the user and i think this is a good thing actually it's not a bad I thing i totally agree yeah i think that that you know if this if this shows us the end of hero sliders and flip boxes and all these kind of uh, user interface um, toys that people mm -hmm. use on websites to, to to try and to try and enhance something that is essentially uh, a dull website versus focusing on writing good copy that people don't bounce off on Google, keeping things light, helping the environment by not having a, you know a hundred media elements loading in, doing all those things to me makes for better websites. One of the interesting things as well, Sabrina, that I found and David found as well, was that when we optimized the page really, really well, so all the images were done and the elements were clean and all that kind of thing, when we when we were adding things like caching plugins, like WP Rocket, where you used to work, and Swift, uh, Swift WP and Perf Matters and all these different tools, we were finding that the scores actually got worse when we added those tools on top, uh, we were we were better to have a clean page that was well optimized with some server caching than to have the after third party caching tools. So it seems to me that those tools uh, do a great job of hiding junk that you shouldn't really have, but a much better approach is to do it really well in the first place. So I think um, it's, it's a good learning experience. Yeah, it's always easier yeah. to optimize something that is not um, total um, trash uh, yeah. at the first place, right? Yeah. And I just remembered, for, just as an example, you said like writing a good copy or something, uh, but it really depends on the web of, uh, on the website content um, goal, right? For example, YouTube can be right. YouTube can be writing a good copy. Their purpose is to deliver video. And I just remembered, like before, they used to have comment section uh, loaded um, automatically, right? And now they have comments opened by click, so they won't be loading the YouTube page won't be loaded in comments until you click it, right? And our approach before would be, if we have a comment section, we would be thinking how I defer scripts or something, how I compress them to make these scripts uh, be loading faster. While now, like Google is pushing us to think, do I need this to be loaded in the first place? If no, maybe I can just make a button that will be... Um, uh, triggering some event uh, only when I need it. And YouTube, for example, they went um, where this path. And I think this is a good example for um, sites who, for the websites, which is whose main purpose is not delivering um, text content, for example, um, entertaining websites, all this, just like just recently, uh, yesterday, uh, I entered HBO website address, right? And I was just amazed 
how slow it was loading for the huge giant like that. Like, I don't know. <laughs> the um, Cameron makes a comment in the Cameron Jones, I should say, makes a comment. Cameron, thank you for staying up. But Cameron's in Australia, so it's way past your bedtime, Cameron. Um, obviously, most of what Google is asking for in these tests are good things, but he worries we're beginning to make sites uh, to to make sites to make Google happy more than we are to make our target audience happy. And I'm going to play devil's advocate for a minute and say, I think it really depends on the context of what you're doing. Like, as an example, can you imagine buying a copy of, I'm going to say Vogue magazine. I've never read Vogue magazine in my life, but I'm going to assume that it's full of color. It's full of unnecessary elements. Whereas Vogue could quite easily put it out in black and white with tiny little images in the corner that would save a lot of printing ink and it would be unsellable it would be dull it would be disinteresting nobody that wants to read that magazine would be would be happy with that so i wonder if in the future google needs to compensate a little bit and say okay the purpose of this website is this it's entertainment it's hbo it's whatever it is let's just cut them a break you know they need to load these heavy images yeah. because that's what they do whereas this one which is a blog and it's clearly all text-based we'll judge it on that and I, I don't know what the answer is there but cameron i share your concern if if all that we do is feed the google monster then you know maybe maybe that's a problem getting into the future actually they are already doing this because nice Right, uh, because the the ranking factors they rank you not in the vacuum. Uh, they rank you uh, against your competitors. So in the same field, for example, if it's an e-commerce store selling, I don't know, mobile phones, for example, mm. they will be ranking like uh, fifty um, websites uh, for the word like Samsung Galaxy, blah blah blah, by in London, for example. So they won't be comparing this uh, e-commerce website with someone's blog, they will be comparing these websites to each other. So basically, when they, when they give the data back, though, so we're looking at the Specky Boy article, and, and you've got to obviously field your client's concern against the numbers that are coming back. Is, is there any way of sort of saying, look, I'm in this cohort. This is a website. Can you please judge me against my competitors and give me the data based upon that? Or do we just get the data which everybody else gets. Yeah, Google even made a tool for that. What was that? Think, think my site or think my competitors or something. Okay. So you put uh, your website address there, and also you put in three competitors of yours, and you can compare yourself um, with them. It's not quite a, com a nice comparison because it only compares homepage, which is not a entire website, obviously. But it just gives you an idea, a direction of how you should be thinking about your website speed. You shouldn't be like treating it like something in vacuum, but compare yeah. it to your competitors, first of all, and also compare not just homepage, but important pages of your websites, landing pages, yeah. product pages, blog posts or something. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know if it's just me, but my audio just went all noisy about about a minute I'm ago there was like a sorry. buzz it's my charger it's oh okay me. oh okay sorry, no that's I, fine I no 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 it my... was it <laughs> was totally we understood every word that you said there was just a little humming noise in the background it's totally fine but thank sorry, you for that's no, fine fine thanks for unplugging it um anybody want to throw in their last little piece on that i don't know if um paul or maya want to come back on that if not we'll wrap it yeah, up probably if anyone is interested it's asus oh. 
Vivo book and don't buy this that laptop when you mm, plug in the charger there is a noise in your headphones yeah yes okay <laughs> so it, we can still hear it so if you've got a i'd rather that we had the noise and you were still with us than you unplugged your laptop and died and we had a nice quiet time of it so just plug it in and we'll cope um I forgot, Sabrina, I was going to say we're going to wrap it up. And that, of course, means that I've missed entirely some of the things that you brought to the show today, because we, we do like to enable people to who make the effort to come on the show to talk about the stuff that they're doing. And uh, I've got two pieces. I confess, Sabrina, uh, no, this isn't it. Where's it gone? It's this that's one. It. Yeah. Is that the one? Oh, yeah, that's it. Um, the the original piece that uh, was about WordPress is dropping support for Internet Explorer 11, which is quite in use. This one? Yeah. Yep, got it. Yeah. Uh, so it was discussed for a while, but yeah, now WordPress is dropping support for Internet Explorer. And what it means? Um, it means that plugin and theme developers shouldn't they are not obliged anymore to find an alternative uh, for jQuery-based functions uh, for to support Internet Explorer. Yes. Um, let me explain. So, for example, there is a plugin or there is a theme that uses jQuery library, right? And now uh, they decided to move away from jQuery, which is a nice thing to do because if you have jQuery on your in as a dependency, you need to wait for jQuery to load, you need to wait for all the stuff to load, and then you, you load your own functions. But you can do a lot of things uh, without jQuery on Vanilla.js, right? But before, uh, if you decided to move from jQuery to Vanilla.js, you still had to support uh, Internet Explorer 11, which you had to have polyfills or something to support it. And now you don't. This is the next thing. I wrote a post uh, last week um, showing how I replaced all jQuery stuff in my plugin SpeedGuard that monitors site speed uh, using PageSpeed Insights API. So I replaced all jQuery stuff uh, in the plugin with Vanilla.js and it's nice. I was inspired by, uh, I'm not sure I will pronounce the name right because I al always see it's written. Uh, Gicho Wargress W Speed Matters post about moving away from jQuery. And I uh, I just wanted to mention it so that other theme developers and plugin developers would know that there, there are ways to exist without jQuery. It's not that hard. It's easy. Was this a task you'd been putting off for a bit of time and eventually thought, this is the moment when, whenever, now that we've got no support for IE 11, that was it. I'm off to the races. And was it an arduous task or was it, was it, as, was it not too difficult for you to achieve? Yeah, it, it was uh, much, much easier than I thought it would be. Like I was thinking, okay, one day I will get rid of jQuery dependencies in my plugin. One day I will do that. But I was thinking it would be hard, but it's not hard at all. There are like modern vanilla JS libraries that let you do the same stuff with uh, no dependencies to load very easily. 
Yeah, well, congratulations. Well done. I'm going to name the URL. So it's Sabrina Zidane, S-A-B-R-I-N-A-Z-E-I-D-A-N.com. And uh, I'm imagining, rather than me reading out the article slog, it's just replacing jQuery with vanilla JavaScript in my yeah. WordPress plugin, published on March 26, 2021. So you can go and check out that. And if you're a plugin developer and you're thinking about doing this, you could you could get in touch with Sabrina and she'll be able to tell you how it all how it all worked out. I am very conscious of the time. Um, I feel that we're fast approaching the witching hour. I don't know what happens at the witching hour, but in exactly five minutes, we'll have used up the amount of time that we should have. And maybe Paul Lacey will accidentally reveal the plugs behind his head. That's the sort of thing that could happen. <gasps> He's been hiding that. <laughs> He's been hiding that all day. I have to keep very, very still. Uh, have you Sabrina, actually consciously been... Sorry, sorry. Yeah, I don't. I don't want the plugs to. I don't want a plug sticking out the side of my head. Just uh, you know, this is normally there's a cable going in. Otherwise, I fall asleep. That was my first thought. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But um, Sabrina, thank you so much for uh, that insight on, especially on, um, as well on the Google PageSpeed insights because I think it's something anyone who's been listening is it's kind of reassuring as well Mm. uh, because a lot of people are concerned about it and don't really know 100% what their position is on it yet. Uh, so that's helped me a lot for sure. So thanks for that. Okay. Um, so I guess I'll just wrap up. I do apologize um, about the, the the beginning where I, you know, <laughs> there was no Sabrina at the start and then a little bit of noise, but I'm glad that you managed to stick with us. Sabrina, you've gone quiet again. Have you unplugged for a second? Yes. Oh, you sort of, yeah, you give it a minute's charge and then 30 seconds. Yeah, okay. Oh, dear. Oh, that is that is tragic. Oh, just see if we can get you it's a new laptop. laptop or something. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> naughty laptop. Um, right, in which case, I'll say that this will be coming out. It will be released tomorrow at 7 a.m. UK time. It'll be a podcast. It'll also be a video episode. If you want to subscribe to it, wpbuilds.com forward slash subscribe. This kind of content can't be created unless we have guests and as always, there's Paul Lacey there. He's not a guest, he's a host. But um, I would like to sin- sincerely thank uh, Maya Lonka. I hope she's enjoyed it and comes back on another time. We'd love to have you back. And um, and Sabrina Zidane. We always just end. We don't keep this bit very long. But if there's anything you just wanted to throw in um, at the end, feel free. It is in the UK holiday time. The kids are off school. So I'm trying to do as little work as possible and spend as much time with my children. That's what's going on for me. If there's anything you want to say, Maya, go for it. If not, after a little pause, Sabrina, you just go for it. Thank you for hosting me. This was, I mean, like any of your episodes, which I'm always uh, expecting with such uh, with such happiness. I really enjoyed even this one, even though Paul was here. So it was just... <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Thank you for everything you guys are doing for as human beings and as professionals to to to, to enable the, the successfulness of our community. And if there is anything new, I will shoot out, of course, and I will call you and say hi. If you guys have anything to ask, please do so. Thank you. Sabrina. I just wanted to remind to everyone who is watching or listening that Nathan's new podcast uh, is called WP Chookbox. Well, it's a funny one. It's called WP Tavern Jukebox, but I think we might have filled out the form incorrectly. But if you just go to your podcast player of choice, hopefully it is now on Google, Sabrina. I got the the green light. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, yeah. it already is. So, yeah. 
Yeah, it was interesting because Apple, who traditionally take ages to authorize podcast feeds, they took about eight hours, and Google mm -hmm. took nearly four days mm -hmm. to to authorize it. And you would have thought, in this day and age, what's there to check really? It's just is it does the feed does the field <laughs> do all the fields map to being a successful RSS feed? And yes, they do. Well, maybe they're actually scraping the content and making sure it's not. I don't know just inflammatory or something maybe there's a bit of that going on i don't know but um yeah thank you and paul anything with you this week i just need to unpack my house mm. and set up my office and um so next week hopefully i'll be in a space where it doesn't matter if the door rings it's not my problem <laughs> so so there's three top tips to that. first one keep the dog out second one get rid of that plug you know, it's an eyesore, frankly. And thirdly, please, will you charge that camera up? It's just ridiculous. You have to change camera halfway through. No, it's been great. I've loved the fact that you've made the effort this week when really you showed us before there's boxes everywhere, isn't there? You've got probably a million things you should be doing instead of doing this. So as always, thank you, Paul, for doing that. We've reached the awkward moment. Yeah, oh, that's very kind. Mm. We've reached the awkward moment where we all have to wave and say goodbye, and then some random period of time passes before the platform ends the show. So I'm going to say goodbye. I'm going to start waving and say bye. Bye. bye.